Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. Welcome to Afternoons with me. I'm Bill Arnold. I'm excited to have Dr. Marcus Bachman with me today for a full hour. We've got a number of items on the uh, plate we're going to talk about, and we're always going to include you. So whenever you hear something you'd like more information on or you have a uh, question for Marcus, you can always send me the text to 877-933-2484. He is the president and founder of Counseling Care. You can always head to counselingcare.us to learn more about Marcus and his amazing staff and the great work they do. Marcus, welcome. Bill, it's good to be here on such a sunshine day. This is a beautiful day. Spectacular, yeah. (laughs) So I want to ask you a little bit. I know you uh, were recently at that particular Orlando conference David Miles was just referencing in the previous half hour. Uh, How many therapists, counselors were in attendance roughly? Uh, we usually have about 7,000. I think this time oh, my. a little less, but because okay. of uh, uh, it was in a different place. We usually have it in Nashville. This time we had it in Orlando. And, uh-huh. uh, yeah, it's a fantastic talk about believers coming together, desiring to serve in a counseling ministry. Uh, and it, and it's everywhere from lay ministries to medical doctors. So okay. it's, it's quite a gamut. Okay, now... You would never, ever think of doing anything like skipping part of the conference and and going to Epcot, would you? Or Magic Kingdom? (laughs) I'm busting you on air. I feel like I have to make my confessions here. (laughs) I did skip part of the conference, and I went to Magic (laughs) Kingdom and Epcot. You know, my daughter and I had a delightful time. But we went to most of the speakers here. We heard most of them. I spoke with Josh McDowell just before he went uh, on on the stage. And so he um, and I had a very nice conversation. And Josh is what, 82? 82 years old. The guy has been in ministry with crew for so many years. The guy could have made buco bucks, but decided uh, that you know how to um, what's his famous uh, books again? Um, uh, the Carpenter one. Um, uh, now it's skipping my mind. But anyway, he has he has, he could have made such enormous yeah. money. But all of the, the profits have really gone back to the ministry of, of Crew. Oh, good. good. Yeah. I don't know if your your perspective, you might want to add uh, any additional uh, perspective to what we were just chatting about in the previous half hour with uh, (laughs) regarding Josh. I mean, everybody's got a take on it. So, you know, you were there in person. Yeah, they certainly do. And I I have to say that, um, you know, what was was tweeted and what was sent out was not fully accurate. And, you know, there's a whole story to what Josh was trying to say. And, you know, he he did ask uh, for forgiveness and uh, step back from from um, 
uh, teaching and and speaking, I should say, and has taken uh, a chapter right now of he says listening, which I, I have to hand it to him. But from uh, there are some things that I think have been misunderstood, and I think it would have been so much better to rather than just exploded that into the media. And uh, we can't always trust what the media has to say. So I think there is another perspective of what was spoken, what was meant. And the guy did apologize. And I mm-hmm. think there is there is some value in that. So there are so many years that Josh has given um, servant leader, leadership that I, I, I'm really careful here. I, listen, he needs to be called out if he said something uh, that he didn't mean to say or if he said something inappropriately. Yeah. And uh, he has said so many other good things and right things uh, that I think we have to really um, keep that in mind. Yeah, I appreciate balance. Uh, a bigger question I have is 7,000 roughly or so uh, therapists and, and people showing up to have a conference begs the question, why has Christian counseling become so incredibly popular? Oh, it has it has absolutely exploded, Bill. I am... I am thankful in many ways uh, because the truth of the matter is people are, rather than keeping things to themselves and being quiet, they recognize that there is healing and there is a um, growth, a maturing that happens as we expose darkness to light. Uh, And what better place to do it in in the environment of a Christian counseling uh, office where uh, someone is willing to walk alongside authentically, uh, vulnerable uh, words are spoken and need to be uh, spoken in a safe place, a place where God's word is promoted, his principles are promoted, and then healing and hope can come. So I I just think that um, the church has understood more and more that everyone's stories need to be heard, and there are difficult stories that need to be heard. And Bill, once uh, we see that there is success, if I can use that word, I guess I did, uh, in a counseling office. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, it's, 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 it's incredible um, what, what people are recognizing. Uh, there's something here. Hey, this is, this is a good thing. It's not a shameful thing. It's not something to hide. Uh, we, have, we, we need to bring things to light. And so mm-hmm. the culture has called for it. The church has called for it. And I think believers are in many ways leading. There are so many choices today uh, for people to go to Christian counseling. Yeah, well said, Marcus. But I do also understand that there's uh, maybe a whole lot of people out there that were told from a very young age to not be sharing their feelings and to, you know, just uh, not speak up. And they've spent their whole life keeping things to themselves. And it's real hard to get to that point now where they're being vulnerable in front of somebody else. Shame is a powerful um, arena for many people. And, uh, you know, the enemy's old tricks are to keep it quiet don't speak. And um, yeah, there is a tremendous, has been historical. But I will say it again. I, I, that's why uh, when I say Christian counseling has exploded, it has in, in more ways than once. I, we are filled to the brim looking for quality Christian counselors 
in addition to those that we have. And, um, you know, we're, we're, I'm, I'm grabbing them uh, where I can, but um, there is such a need. We, the COVID has, has increased so much of our counseling load. Listen, we're, we're thrilled. We're thankful um, that we can be a part of the healing process to give hope mm-hmm. to people. So I don't want to minimize um, uh, how exciting this is, but it is, it's huge. Yeah, and that, that is the spirit of your, your ministry, the spirit of your, uh, uh, your desire is to help people find that healing. So the fact that more people are coming out to get it is exciting. Yes, and the truth is it works. God's word works and his principles work. So when we when we are sincere in, in exposing the truth about what we need to uh, have changed in our life, when we know the power is uh, from a power that is not only from our own strengths, uh, it is it is amazing to see the transformation of people's lives, and we see it. Uh, I think one of the most exciting things is even from our support staff, when a person comes in to begin with and they're anxious or they're depressed or they can't look them in the eyes, and, and a few sessions later, they have, a, they have a bounce to their step and they have a nice. happy face. And so that's just even that is exciting to see from our support staff. Yeah, that's wonderful. So we're going to talk today with Dr. Marcus Bachman about how to create safe and inviting conversations, even with tough subject material. And uh, the question I really want to ask everyone to text in on, if you are so inclined, is this question, how do you handle hard conversations? Uh, We're we're looking for that safe environment in which to share. And we're all in a position where we've got to do it and we've got to create a safe space and we've got to deal with tough subject material. And the question is, how do you handle it? How do you, uh, what do you choose to do to deal with hard conversations? You can text that over to me at 877-933-2484. Again, 877-933-2484. You can, of course, remain anonymous. So it begs the question, Marcus, how do we, uh, and why, more so, why do we avoid hard conversations? I think uh, what we're talking about a little bit before regarding uh, it is just it's messy. You know, I I think that if we can avoid it, uh, we have uh, just a a strong audience that are people that are conflict avoidance. It is something that we have probably have not had great experience in the past. Uh, we probably have grown up with some siblings that, you know, it didn't matter what we said. We never won the argument. And mm-hmm. uh, it could be within a, a marital or a relation, significant other relationship where it has broken us down into tears. And we feel like, why would I ever do this again? This is not helping, it's hurting. And I think that there has been significant experiences where it has not been successful. So therefore, let's avoid. And and we come back to, isn't that the oldest trick again in, 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 in the enemy's books? Just don't talk about it. Don't bring mm-hmm. it up. And and I'm not against happy conversation and, you know, joking conversations. Those those have a place. I, I'm 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 not 
saying that we have to, each time we get together, have such heavy conversations, you feel like you need to take a shower afterwards. Uh, <laughs> you know? yeah. and, and, and my wife and I are a little bit different that way. Um, she tends to, having, she tends to have uh, a, a gift of bringing forth a great deal of information of what's going on, and uh, not always is that information uh, happy. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it can naturally bring conversations of we got to talk about this now, okay? Uh, and and I think that uh, we we need to have a a balance there. Um, I have had multiple times where, uh, especially when she's in conversation with uh, whoever it is in our living room, and I break open with a song and I don't sing very well, Bill, and or I, or <laughs> I, I sing Merry Christmas or something. You know, I mean, it, it we we need to have the other side of. Uh, not the, the world is not coming to an end uh, uh, until it does. Uh, yeah, we we need to have a, a a balance in all that. Yeah, I mean, I have a couple of friends that I call, and I think sometimes the goal of those conversations is to not say anything that makes sense, and it's you know <laughs> riotous laughter for five minutes, you know, <laughs> and it's completely uh, idiotic, and we both laugh ourselves silly and then we get off the phone and it, it sort of resets a little bit sometimes you have those people on your show too so yes that's exactly good. right yeah exactly right it is it is you know there there is something about laughter in in all of this so so i know we're talking today about hard conversations and we're going to come back to that is the truth is it is messy bill and we we often avoid it and the truth of the matter is we've all had hard conversations we all will uh, we all need to have hard conversations and we just need to know um best how to have those conversations and i think there are some real important principles um, that will help us. And I know our listening audience has uh, some real good comments about how they have successfully done hard conversations. So I look yeah. forward to hearing from them. And I certainly hope that they are brave enough to send over yes. how they do it, how you, how you handle hard conversations. Um, maybe it's an environment you create. Maybe it's a, a way in which you go about it. And we'd love to hear your wisdom that we can share with others. That would be very helpful. So send it over, 877-933-2484. Dr. Marcus Bachman is my guest. Head over to counselingcare.us, counselingcare.us. You can learn about his uh, amazing practice and all his uh, wonderful therapists. And he's even got a psychiatrist on staff, an MD. So you can pretty much have... A lot of um, a lot of your issues uh, all dealt with at Marcus's uh, counselingcare.us. We'll be right back. Bachman, he's our guest for the hour. We're talking about hard conversations today. I know you've had them. Maybe you have a way of handling them that you think is worthy of sharing. We'd love to hear from you. How do you handle these hard conversations? 877-933-2484. If you just joined us, 
Hard conversations, uh, Marcus said, are messy. I love that word because it kind of sums it up, Marcus. They are messy, <laughs> and that's really a good way of putting it. And we avoid messies, don't we? We just oh, uh, we totally say, avoid messies. Oh, I think I'll just bypass that today. And 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 the real concern is if we bypass messy conversations, you know, for a short t- uh, period of time, it doesn't hurt. But over a long period of time, it becomes a part of who we are. And that mm-hmm. that's the danger so that we don't look at ourselves uh, the way we should. And we really don't have intimacy uh, with those that uh, we need to have intimacy with. Uh, I think that there is a, a great deal uh, of um, growth that happens when we have honest, authentic, respectful conversation about hard things. Mm-hmm. So when we're talking about having uh, difficult conversations, uh, Marcus, maybe we should uh, to- f- uh, fine-tune it a little bit. Are we talking about uh, with uh, a loved one, um, a sibling, a parent? Um, I know there is a lot of different kinds of hard conversations. You walk into your boss's office and you say something hard, or they come into your office and say something hard. I mean, how should we, can we be maybe more specific? Well, I think that the truth is hard conversations occur, should occur when when um, it's appropriate in our own lives. And that could be if you're an employer and the employee is not, uh, is substandard, um, how do you have that hard conversation that you're yeah. not arriving to work on time? That is appropriate. You need to have that conversation. Uh, with the, with Within marriage, if there are issues that have been uh, and always happen within a significant relationship that uh, may have a sin aspect to it or may just have a, um, you know, that really irritates me. I don't feel... I don't uh, see that you respect me when, when you know, you leave uh, dishes constantly in the sink and you don't put them in the dishwasher. Mm-hmm. That that doesn't seem like a hard conversation to me. But, you know, for some people, they avoid it and it just starts to build and build and build. Uh, conversations can happen uh, regarding one's faith uh, because if there's someone of a different faith and they're out to debate which is a whole nother subject, debating. Yeah, it is. I, I just uh, want to be careful about that one because I think uh, some of us uh, were raised to take high school, college debate, and we're very good at it. And others have not been trained, don't want to be trained in debate. And so uh, not always does someone who's in debate want to talk about uh, really listening and understanding. Uh, so really... Uh, I'm, I'm talking about hard conversations in one's personal life, in one's professional life, and really in a, in a way of our neighbor and our uh, the person that we meet for uh, potential for uh, faith conversation, evangelism. Mm-hmm. It there's there's tough conversations all around us. Oh yeah, there sure are. Uh, Caroline uh, just texted over and said, I think personal transparency opens doors and makes honest conversation less scary. Oh, she's got one of my good points. Absolutely. Because I think that, you know, you you can't just give a line. Uh, You can't just give a statement that you really don't believe yourself. Uh, You know, I I remember... Uh, a long time ago, uh, when I was uh, 
um, with my wife at Winona State University, and she was in debate with um, another person of another faith, I should say. And um, I, I just saw between them debate statement after debate statement after debate statement, and I thought, this isn't going anywhere. And finally, I just saw that my wife said to this other person, she said, you know, when it comes right down to it, I I may not convince you, um, but I will tell you this. I have a, a loving and living personal relationship with Jesus. And uh, that is my story. That's my life. And it, it, it took away all the debate of is 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 the bible true and is his faith true and so forth and it, and it melted it down to a very sweetness of um transparency rather than just arguing and and battling the fight the facts it was it was it was sharing on a very personal level that transparency really turned the conversation for this person to start to listen that's wonderful. Let me ask you this. Let's talk about trust and why would trust and why is trust so important when you're having difficult conversations? Uh, you know, doesn't it make sense? It if, does. If I'm going to have a conversation that's going to be hard and you don't trust me, I I don't think I'm going to move an inch uh, or you're I, we're going to move an inch toward having real successful conversation. I think that a person who wants to have um, that kind of success with a hard conversation, um, it is better to be quiet and listen. And listening means, Bill, that your story, your words, your feelings have value. And if they have value, then you're going to sense that you can trust me. Because mm-hmm. I care, because I'm listening, because, you see, most of the time, if we were to admit it, we're thinking about what we, what we, what we should we say next after that person speaks? How am I going to top that one? How can I knock that one down? What can I say? Wait a minute. Why are we always thinking about what can I say? Why don't I give the gift of listening? It is an incredibly important gift in order to build trust. And and even if it is a person who is out to debate and wants to slash and <laughs> bring down, you know, the, 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 the arguments, if if they really know and understand after they've talked and talked and talked, like I'm doing right now, is I really want to listen. Uh, that gift is 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 such a tremendous trust builder um otherwise if i don't trust you uh we're just we're just yapping yeah well that's uh that's a big big issue i think we'll cover that some more after the break um also we've got some lovely comments coming in we'll talk about those as well if you have a way of handling difficult conversations I'd love to hear what it is because there's lots of wisdom uh, out there that we can uh, share with everybody else uh, because hard conversations are messy and uh, we're trying to get better at it. Dr. Marcus Bachman is my guest. And if you want to learn more about Marcus and his uh, counseling uh, practice, you can go to counselingcare.com. 
.us, counselingcare.us. And if you've got a way in which you handle hard conversations, send them over to me at 877-933-2484. We'll take a short break and we'll be right back with Marcus in just a minute. Dr. Marcus Bachman from CounselingCare.us. We're talking about how to have hard conversations. And if you just tuned in, you just jumped in your car, welcome. So glad to have you with us uh, in this last half hour. We're um, talking about how messy hard conversations are. And everybody has them. So uh, we're trying to get wisdom from everyone uh, who might have learned something valuable they want to share with us. Uh, 877-933-2484. Uh, here's a comment, uh, Marcus. Uh, this listener uses a sandwich approach with the meat of the matter after uh, and followed by positive and, and, and compliments that help keep things from getting negative. That's a lovely approach. Keep that things positive. is a wise approach if you're going to be effective. If you're not affirming and it's not just uh, the meat is the only thing you're talking about, you're really saying to the other person with the sandwich approach, you have value. I appreciate you are a great dad. I um, I know that uh, your heart is in this for the right reasons, and I'm so proud of you. And mm-hmm. I, but I, I, you know, I do have I do have a concern, and and here's a meat, and then you sandwich it back with some good layers of mayonnaise and pickles and ketchup that say, you know, I I appreciate you. And you're important to me. And I want to hear and understand your side of this. Let's talk together. Mm-hmm. Another uh, listener said that any behavior tolerated longer than 48 hours would remain part of that relationship. So this is uh, sounds like if you allow something to go on for more than 48 hours, there is a chance that it's going to stay in the relationship so this person was told that it's helpful to write a note. I, Put I like, words on paper. I like the idea of writing a note. I think that sometimes, um, not uh, always, but it is hard for us to verbalize what we want to say. And I think we can erase and stop with our pen. Uh, and, mm-hmm. of course, today it's not a pen anymore. It's typing it out on, right. on our... our um, our, our computer, and th- the truth is, it, that has real value. We can even say words of, you know, I I am sorry for my part, or which is very effective, by the way. That's another that's another arena of um, when we have hard conversations. If we have said something, or if we have um, take ownership uh, for whatever part we had in uh, the subject matter. Um, you know, I don't always arrive uh, to work on time. And I know it's hard 
um, especially having little ones. And, you know, just admitting I, I have myself um, had, had a whole lineup of, of having some, some, some difficulties. I, I also um, believe we need to talk about um, this matter, but uh, it, it, it just breaks down so many of the walls once you have said, I'm, I'm a part of this too, and I need to ask for forgiveness if that's the case. And um, I need to um, let you know that I also have been in your shoes. I am in your shoes mm-hmm. um, with my own life. And so, uh, you know, that, that just, Bill, I just think that that is a humble humility works wonders in hard conversations. Mm-hmm. It is not only transparent, it is authentic. It allows the other person to see the human side that we're in this together. We're not just sitting on a higher chair than the other person sitting on a lower chair. It is, it is really about... Um, the 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 beauty of of a humble spirit that invites the other person uh, to be able to talk about hard hard things. Mm-hmm. All right, Marcus. What what should I do with someone who simply wants to argue and not listen? And I'm trying to have this hard conversation, and it's already hard because it's messy. But then the other person in this conversation who simply wants to argue and then mm-hmm. not listen. Well, Bill, what if I were to say to that person, uh, you know, we've been talking for 20 minutes and um, I really do want to hear um, and understand. And let me let me make sure I'm understanding you. But it seems like as we go on, um, it seems like um, we're not getting through. I'm just wondering um, if you can help me with this. Um, what is it that, how, how can we get to the other side of this? How can we understand each other? Um, and and sometimes sometimes we need to just say to the other person, um, you know, I, I I sense this is becoming and is an argumentative uh, stuck point here. Um, so I I think maybe we should have the conversation another time. Um, and and the truth is, sometimes a person will not move, and they are stuck about debate. And wanting to argue their point, and they have to win because they learned mm-hmm. at in in fourth grade. By golly, in order for me to win in in my family, I have to compete and I have to be on top. And that's never ever stopped for that kid into mm-hmm. adulthood, into senior life. And you know, I, I listen. I'm a believer that all people can change. But if a person is stuck on not wanting to change, on not willing to have a conversation on a two-way level, then I I say shake the dust off uh, and move. And um, I'm, I'm not saying that for a significant relationship. I'm saying that regarding co- that conversation. Sometimes, without sounding like I'm speaking out of both sides of my mouth, sometimes... It's better just to end that conversation. And, you know, the famous words of we will simply have to agree to disagree. But Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know what? The guy that has to win, oh, he's not agreeing to disagree. He's saying, you're wrong, I'm right, and that's all there is to it. There's no listening to that. And and, and sometimes we just have to leave that as it is and, and, and not get stuck on trying to over and over again. 
Yeah. Dr. Marcus Bachman is my guest. And Marcus, I just had another uh, something come in on the text line. How do you have a hard conversation with someone, but you're not assertive and you have poor boundaries, yet the conversation needs to be had because it's bothering you? Well, um, boy, I think that writing a note sometimes can be uh, a beneficial way because you're not uh, assertive in being able to, at least at this point in time of your life, the good news is non-assertive people can become assertive. Uh, it takes time, and there's reasons why they're not assertive, and the same reason why people lack boundaries. So I'm I'm I, I'm thankful for this listener to say that truth about themselves. But I think they need to really uh, see themselves as being more victorious and being able to have boundaries and being able to be assertive, uh, so that there will be a day when. Uh, they can have a conversation and hold their ground, and and they they will. The the good news is there will be plenty of opportunity in their life to practice and to do this. And having someone walk alongside of them, having a mentor, having a counselor is going to be really beneficial. And the truth is, this person can become. Uh, different, and they can have that those hard conversations. For right now, they may have to just write a note or go a different mm-hmm. route uh, in having these conversations. Mm-hmm. Another question, Marcus. What if the person completely denies that there's a need to talk? So when this is my spouse and some of the hard conversations have to do with addiction and sinful patterns, we have sought help in therapy, and my spouse will not show up for more than two sessions. Well, I I would say that uh, the good news is that if if he or she will come for two sessions, that's 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 a, that's a starting point. And sometimes, just like getting your car uh, fixed at the right uh, repair shop, sometimes you have to go from one place to another until that right uh, mechanic therapist is going to be strong enough, or wise enough, or insightful enough. And it's true. If the person is just not willing, they're not willing. So, uh, you know, that's the incredible principle of, of, of God's way with us. We have our own individual decision-making. We have our own will. As bad as that can be, <laughs> mm. it's really important to recognize, you know, maybe not this year, but next year or the next therapist or the next whatever it is. I never give up. Always have hope. God is instructing us to never give up and have hope. But mm-hmm. there's 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 boundaries around that and that's a whole another subject so I don't want to I don't want to yeah. go too far. Mark, Marcus, what if someone thinks that there's uh there's no need, everything is fine. So You mean if they're this... in denial? <laughs> yes. Yes. Bill, are we talking is to it, you or what now? Okay. Just, right. Yeah. Is it important is it important to try to find that same level of awareness regarding whatever it issues we're issues we're talking about? I mean, well, if if we both have a the same awareness level, then we might be more receptive. Yeah. Yeah, that's an intimacy there if we have that same that awareness a, level. That was a comment that came in from a listener. I I that was excellent. it a little 
paraphrased yeah. it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, that's excellent. I and 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 there are, you know, a lot of times, especially within a with a significant relationship. Um, we will not have everything understood and have the same value uh, uh, that that can happen. That certainly can happen. But we need to major on the majors and we need to make sure that, you know, when it comes to um, uh, an understanding about life, an understanding about um, our children, the priority of our children and the understanding of God's word in their life and, and reading and believing in God's word and, and, and incorporating that in our life. There are so many things that uh, we can agree on, and often, often, we get stuck on this one or two areas, and I say, you know what, um, maybe not today, but let's really emphasize some other areas. What a beauty there is in, in being mm-hmm. able to agree on those things that we can agree on, and often, we are clouded and shadowed by some things that... Um, I'm not trying to minimize a bill. I think there are some yeah. areas that are, are are tough, and 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 you know you you feel a loss, and you feel this isn't right here. But there are so many other areas that we really can um, invest in, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. It does. Another question, Marcus. I've tried having a transparent conversation about racial bullying I faced as a teenager. My sisters will try to discount and cancel me. It has caused isolation and a lack of trust. I don't feel safe. I have people refer me to speak with black ministries. She's at her wit's end. Well, it sounds like that's within the family. And, and you know, uh, family members really can see life and how they were raised or how their situation was very differently. And it, it, it doesn't mean that one's a liar and one's a truth giver. It just simply means that, you know, I was there at the accident and I saw it this way and Mm -hmm. you saw it a different way. Really? I remember Christmas incredibly um, with Thanksgiving. No, I didn't see Christmas at all that way. I didn't get what I wanted and nobody talked to me. You know, everyone's that's a maturing of being able to say and understand. So you saw it and you 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 sensed. Uh, this very differently. And so if this person is talking about, um, you know, uh, sibling, um, if I if I caught that right, understanding of the situation, it mm-hmm. could be that, that it's very different. And, and we need to accept that. I mean, right. certainly try to talk about it, but there is also a, a point where what's what is the point? So uh, unless I win you over, unless you understand my perspective, we need to find people in our lives that are safe and that are uh, that are close and intimate, it may not be our our, our biological brother or sister. Let's face it. We can right. find someone within um, our 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 fellowship that are going to be very generous in their kindness and their um, way of of listening to us and believing us and trust is developed. Yeah. Let me take one more break, Marcus. Dr. Marcus Bachman is my guest. He is the founder and president of CounselingCare.us. We'll be right back in just uh, 90 seconds.
Dr. Marcus Bachman is my guest. We're talking about having hard conversations, and when that is, uh, when you have one, they are oftentimes very messy. Another uh, text that came in, Marcus, was a 40-year-old son who is depressed, uh, can't work, has had some bad insomnia, had jaw surgery, and is rejecting uh, her words about Jesus. And I try to listen and convey that I do hear him. It's obviously a very hard conversation, and probably she feels sad and frustrated. Well, it sounds like a very, yeah, difficult life to have. And I I think, again, um, as much as we would like to see the person hear and understand the truth, receive the truth, and uh, we feel like if we could just say enough words, um, I'm not convinced um, that we need to say um, increase our, our number of words. Um, there's a place for words. There's a place for paragraphs. But I think that often um, the gentle and kind and um, humble and servant approach um, of caring for people, loving people, um, in spite of the fact that they um, are in pain and for whatever reason in pain, I think that there is a there's a real uh, power um, behind serving and loving people, and uh, we need to accept. Sometimes we need to accept this is this is the way it is. Um, we we come back to that that uh, whole um, sense of um, uh, we 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 need to accept them for who they are. Mm-hmm. Marcus, what happens when a mother looks at her son and and the family situation is pretty disastrous and she doesn't know what to do and the son is in a very difficult situation because of his wife and she claims there's nothing wrong with her and it's all of us that's the problem. And what happens when you would love to have hard conversations but you don't know where you can have it and if you're even invited into that situation because it's not necessarily your family it's your family but it's not your marriage right right well i think we're getting ready for the holidays here for thanksgiving my goodness isn't this the yeah. <laughs> the time to start getting Tis ready for yes it is yes. uh i you know i'm a strong believer that you go one-on-one uh and um Yes, it is hard conversations when someone is in denial or they're saying it's not them. Um, but there is, there's, there's a again, there's a softness approach. Um, I'm I I believe in the principle of knowing your neighbor, and um, I think that if I can say, Bill leads right into some of the answers for this person who is struggling. Um, you need to live in that person's world. You need to understand their world. You see, they are, you know, different than the biological family. It is a different world. Let yeah. me understand your world. And sometimes I feel that should be an easy thing. But the truth of the matter is, um, you know, Bill, I, I grew up on a farm. I relate to farmers, believe it or not. It may seem like just because of who I am sitting in this chair, uh, I, I I do really well speaking <laughs> to farmers. I yeah. get them. I understand them. And, and if I can say it, uh, uh, I have parents that are immigrants from Europe, and I get immigrants. I can talk to immigrants because I understand. 
I know that neighbor. I know that person. And the more I get to know the people in my life and the more I ask questions and I still continuously have this in my head, tell me more. If that person tells me more, that person will trust me because I am sincerely interested in that person's life. And that can change the the game here of um, having a one-on-one conversation with a person that may be able to share. Maybe it's really a hurt. And maybe without any of us in being intentional about it, we cause some pain. We don't have to agree uh, on everything, but if if we can get closer to that which is causing them this roadblock, uh, you know, that's that's kind of the thing that we do in counseling. We take one layer off at a time, and eventually we get to what is it that is really... Because it usually doesn't come on the outside other than anger and distancing and denial. Yeah. Marcus, I know the goal is to always respond and not just react, uh, but how do we do a better job of being responders instead of reactors? Well, I can tell you, Bill, I have reacted way too many times in my life. I just... Yes, sir. I, I get that. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, I'm kind of a guy that says, you know what? Yeah, you rub me the wrong way, I'm going to let you know. And, and the truth of the matter is, uh, I really need to think before I speak. I really need to... Uh, think about before I act and respond is um, uh, I need to make my response God's response. And I know of no better way than to start my day off and asking the Lord, um, cleanse me and um, make me sensitive in my life today who I come across, what mm-hmm. I speak and how I, how I, how I conduct my life. And I mm-hmm. love the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is real and it is, it is kind and it is sensitive and it lives in me. And I can respond then better to the person that's sitting across from me. I can't tell mm-hmm. you how many times I've heard my clients say, Dr. Bachman, I so appreciate the question, the statement that you gave to me last week. And of course, I, I, I don't remember. I, I'm always thinking, oh, no, what did I do now? You know, uh, <laughs> that's not good self-talk, by the way, Bill. Uh, right. And, and the, tr- the truth is, the truth is, that was the Holy Spirit that asked almost a, a question that was out of sync or right. wh- where'd that come from? And that's because I was relying and 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 trying to get rid of Marcus in the in the midst of all that. Mm-hmm. All right, Marcus, we're running out of time, so I'm going to put uh, give you this one last question. And this is we're talking about how to have a hard conversation. I would imagine this is going to be a tough one. How do you deal with a husband that won't get a job? Talking doesn't seem to help. What do I do next? He won't do counseling. We're going to end the day with that one? Okay. Yeah. Okay. 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 Uh, Well, you know, there there has to be some consequences in that. I mean, if, if, you know, you don't work, you don't eat. Uh, There's got to be some consequences that, um, listen, obviously, I don't know the backdrop here, but if, if the guy 
or the or if it doesn't matter if it's a guy or the woman um you know if they're not doing their part then there should be some kind of natural consequence um if if you've done and you've continued to do um the praying and the fasting and the you know the 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 um, humble approach toward trying to reach this person. Um, and, of course, that would be an interesting conversation. How do they approach and how do they try to reach that person in a loving way? And if they've done that and the other person is just, there's usually a reason. Why, why am I not working? Why am I not doing yeah. what, what I'm supposed to be doing? There's got to be an underlying cause to that. So I, I have, you know, probably a thousand questions now to be asking, but you're still asking me to give an answer. And um, I think I think the truth is um, if, if that person uh, is stuck and unwilling to talk and unwilling to get help that he needs – then, then I think that you know there there may have to be um, a specific way of uh, that person feeling um, a cause and effect. Um, so if I don't if I don't work, then I, I don't have I don't have the right to you know drive this car because I'm not paying for it. I don't have a right to uh, go out to eat uh, fast food. I don't have a, it, because we can't afford it. You know, all right. the things that there's somehow, some way. And some of those things, people are going to call in or write in and say, what is he talking about? But the, the, the bottom line is it has to fit. It has to make sense. It has to have a practicality. It has to have what we call a boundary to it. And, and, and if the, the person is unwilling to take the responsibility that they need to take, there needs to be a consequence. And yeah. that, therefore therefore may have a change that could occur nice marcus thank you so much for doing today's show loved having you always appreciate you thank you you bet dr marcus bachman has been my guest you can go to counselingcare.us to learn more about marcus and his amazing staff that wraps up our show for the day i hope you have a wonderful night as you lay your head on thanks the for listening God programming is like this is made available in through your, your support have a great night everyone. information available at myfaithradio.com